We're going to be learning in Chidushim Aron Riz HaLevi, the first piece in Hilchos Megillah. And in this piece, Reb Velvel explains why a Megillah requires sirtut, which are the lines that are etched into the parchment so that the writer keeps the words within the lines. So as usual, Reb Velvel's piece is going to take this detail of Halacha and reflect on the broader conceptual point of sirtut and the broader conceptual idea of writing a Megillah. The Gemara in Megillah Tess Zion says, Divrei Shalom Ve'emes. The Megillah describes itself as words of peace and truth. The word truth is a reference to Torah. So the Megillah is comparing the Megillah to the Sefer Torah. So we derive from here that a Megillah requires sirtut, which is the etching underlining each line. So a Megillah requires sirtut just like a Sefer Torah requires sirtut. So Rashi explains that Amita Shel Torah refers to the Sefer Torah, and the requirement of Sirtut on a Sefer Torah is the Halacha Lemoshem Sinai. So what this Gemara is saying, according to Rashi, is that the requirement of Sirtut on a Sefer Torah is Halacha Lemoshem Sinai, and then we learn from the Megillah that the same requirement applies to writing a Megillah. Now, Tosos and Menachos Lamed Beis asks that the Gemara in Megillah Yudtes says, Amr Bar Guria the Megillah is called a book and it's called a letter. So we learn from each of these descriptions different halachas. We learn from the fact that a Megillah is called a Sefer that if you sew it together with flax strings, so it's invalid, just like a Sefer Torah. So this Gemara gives a different source for the idea that a Megillah is modeled on a Sefer Torah because the Megillah calls itself a Sefer. So Tosfos asks, why does the Gemara earlier need the Pasuk of Divrei Shalom Ve'emes to say that the Megillah is compared to a Sefer Torah? Because it's compared to Amita Shel Torah, which according to Rashi is a reference to the Sefer Torah. Why don't we just learn it out from this Pasuk that the Megillah is called a Sefer? So we can derive the same thing, that it's like a Sefer Torah. It can't be sewed up with flax and it also requires sirtut. So why do we need two different psukim to presumably teach us the same idea that a Megillah has to be written like a Sefer Torah? So because of this question, Tosfos reads this line in the Gemara totally differently. He says that in fact, a Sefer Torah does not require sirtut. So we're not comparing a Megillah to a Sefer Torah because a Megillah requires sirtut and a Sefer Torah does not. What we're comparing it to is a mezuzah. So when the Gemara refers to Amita Shel Torah, it's not a Sefer Torah as Rashi said, but it's the mezuzah. And the Gemara in Menachos Lamed Beis says that a mezuzah requires sirtut from Halacha Lemoshe Misinai. So according to Tosfos, that's the comparison of Divrei Shalom Ve'emes, that a Megillah is like a mezuzah and it requires sirtut. And then there is another comparison of Sefer, that a Megillah is like a Sefer Torah and it can't be sewed with flax. So that's why we need two different psukim. One compares a Megillah to mezuzah and one compares it to a Sefer Torah. But according to Rashi, we're left with this question. Why are there two different psukim if both of them are comparing a Megillah to a Sefer Torah? 
Torah. So Reb Velvel is going to answer Rashi's approach, and he points out that the Rambam in Hilchos Megillah Bay's test agrees with Rashi. The Rambam writes, "Ein kosenes Megillah elab dio al hagvil o al haklaf kesefer Torah." You have to write a Megillah with ink on parchment, like a Sefer Torah. So immediately the Rambam compares a Megillah to the writing of a Torah. V'tzricha sirtut ketorah atzma. The Megillah requires sirtut like the Torah. Ve'enanit peres el begidin kesefer Torah. And it has to be sewn with animal strings, not flax strings. Again, like the Torah. So the Rambam codifies Rashi's view that the Megillah is like a Torah, and that's why it can't be sewed with flax, and that's also why it requires sirtut. So the sirtut is derived from a Sefer Torah, and that's consistent with the view of the Rambam earlier in Hilchos Tzfilin Aleph Yudbeis that a Sefer Torah also requires sirtut from Halacha Lemoshe Misinai. So that again follows Rashi, not Tosvos, who says that a Sefer Torah does not require sirtut. So the Rambam follows Rashi's approach that we derive these halachas of a Megillah from the Sefer Torah. But Reb Velvel points out that there's a very subtle shift in the language of the Rambam. First, he compares the Megillah to a Sefer Torah. So the Megillah requires ink and parchment like a Sefer Torah. But then he says, that the Megillah requires Sirtut like the Torah itself. He doesn't call it a Sefer Torah. He calls it the Torah itself. So what is the Rambam teaching us with this subtle change of language? So Reb Velvel says something very brilliant, that the Rambam holds the reason a Sefer Torah requires Sirtut is not a halacha in the Sefer Torah. It's a halacha in the Torah itself. The writing of Torah requires Sirtut. And Reb Velvel brings another proof for this from the Rambam's language in Tefillin Aleph Yud Beis. The Rambam writes, The Halacha Lemosh Misinai is that a Sefer Torah and a Mezuzah require Sirtut. But tefillin do not require sirtut. They're an exception because they're covered up. So since the tefillin parchment is covered up, it does not require sirtut. So Reb Velvel asks, why is the Rambam adding in this reason that tefillin are covered up so they don't need sirtut? There's a much simpler reason. There's no halacha l'moshe misinai that tefillin requires sirtut. The Sefer Torah and the mezuzah have a halacha l'moshe misinai that they need sirtut, but the tefillin doesn't have that halacha. So that's why they don't need sirtut. Very simple. There's no reason to say it's because the tefillin are covered up. Says Reb Velvel, according to his conceptual idea, that the the Torah itself requires Sirtut, not the Sefer Torah. But anytime the Torah is written, it requires Sirtut. So that explains why the Rambam is bothered. Why don't Tfilin require Sirtut? The Sefer Torah and the Mezuzah require Sirtut, not under the rules of Sefer Torah and Mezuzah, but because of the fact that it's words of Torah that are written. So the Tfilin should be no different. So on that, the Rambam answers, because the tefillin are covered over, so they're an exception. So again, this shows us that according to the Rambam, the sirtut does not come from the laws of writing a Sefer Torah and a mezuzah, but it's a requirement whenever someone writes words of Torah. So now, based on this, says Rab Velvel, we can explain the Gemara in Menachos Lamed Beis. There's a debate between Tanoim and Amoroim whether a mezuzah requires sirtut. So Rav Chama Bar Gurya, in the name of Rav, says that a mezuzah that's not misuretes, 
that doesn't have sirtut is disqualified. And Rev Minyamin Bar Chilkia says that sirtut of the mezuzah is Allah Moshe Misinai. But then there's a brisa that says that a mezuzah does not need sirtut. So that's one discussion about sirtut on a mezuzah. Then later, the Gemara quotes Shmuel that if one writes a mezuzah like a letter, it's disqualified because the Torah says ksiva to write a mezuzah, and it uses the same language of ksiva regarding a sefer. So we have a Shava that compares a mezuzah to a sefer, so it cannot be written like a letter, it has to be written like a sefer. So Rashi explains that the point of Shmuel is that a mezuzah requires sirtut. The difference between a letter and a sefer is that a letter has no sirtut. So a mezuzah is compared to a sefer that it requires sirtut. So Tosfos asks, why do we need to learn out sirtut of a mezuzah from ksiva ksiva? What about the halacha l'moshimi sinai? We just said that there's a halacha l'moshimi sinai that you have to do sirtut on a mezuzah. So what does Shmuel need to give us another source for sirtut on a mezuzah from the gzereshav of ksiva ksiva that mezuzah has to be like a sefer? So it seems that according to Rashi, Shmuel does not hold that there is a halacha l'moshe misinai that a mezuzah requires sirtut. The only source that he has is the gzereshava of ksiva ksiva. So he disagrees with the earlier view that there's a halacha l'moshe misinai that mezuzah requires sirtut. And that also must be the view of the b'risa because the b'risa says that a mezuzah does not require sirtut. So obviously that Tana also disagrees with the tradition that there's a that a mezuzah requires sirtut. So this is a little bit difficult to say that there is a debate whether there was a halacha l'moshemisinai requiring sirtut on a mezuzah. Presumably they would have known if there was or was not and there would not have been a debate. Says Rab Velvel that according to his conceptual formulation we can explain this debate in the Gemara a little differently and it will make much more sense. Nobody holds that there was a direct halacha l'moshemisinai saying saying that mezuzah requires sirtut. The first view in the Gemara that said so meant that mezuzah is included in the halacha l'moshim Sinai that writing a Torah requires sirtut. So the way he understands the halacha l'moshim Sinai is not that a sefer Torah requires sirtut, but any time Torah is written, it requires sirtut. So that was the halacha l'moshim Sinai's formulation. So it includes mezuzah, which is also words of Torah. So that was what the first view meant. Not that there was a direct halacha l'moshim Sinai about mezuzah, but the halacha l'moshim Sinai included any writing of Torah, which also includes mezuzah. So now Shmuel and the author of the Brisa disagree, and they say that the halacha l'moshim Sinai specifically referred to a sefer Torah, not to any words of Torah, so it does not include a mezuzah. So the debate between these two views is more conceptual, how to understand the halacha l'moshim Sinai, not whether there was a halacha l'moshim Sinai. But all of this only works in Rashi, who holds that a Sefer Torah requires sirtut. But according to Tosfos, a Sefer Torah does not require sirtut. So this explanation is not going to work. We can't say that the debate is how to understand the halacha l'moshim Sinai that a Sefer Torah requires sirtut, because according to Tosfos, 
Tosos, there is no such halacha l'moshem Sinai. The only potential halacha l'moshem Sinai is only that mezuzah requires sirtut. So that's why Tosos asks on Rashi, how could there be a debate in the Gemara about whether or not there's such a halacha l'moshem Sinai? So this question of Tosvos is consistent with their view, both for Rashi and Tosvos. According to Rashi, we could explain that the debate between the two views is how to interpret the halacha l'moshem Sinai that a Sefer Torah requires sirtut, whether that includes mezuzah or not. And according to Tosvos, such an explanation won't fit because there is no such halacha l'moshem Sinai. So if there's a debate in this Gemara, it would have to be whether there's a halacha l'moshem Sinai requiring sirtut on a mezuzah. So that's why Tosos asks on Rashi. So now this is the conceptual idea according to Rashi and the Rambam. That sirtut is not a requirement in the Sefer Torah. It's a requirement on words of Torah. So now based on this, says Ravelvel, we could answer the first question of Tosos that he began with. Why do we need two different sources in the Gemara to derive that a Megillah is like a Sefer Torah? One is Divrei Shalom Ve'emes, and one is that it's called a Sefer. Says Rav Velvel, because in fact, each of these sources is teaching us something slightly different. The Pasuk that a Megillah is a Sefer teaches us that it has to have the Halachas of a Sefer Torah. So anything that defines a Sefer Torah, like ink on parchment, also applies to a Megillah. So that's where we learn out the basic structure of a Megillah. But then the Pasuk of Divrei Shalom Ve'emes, that a Megillah is like the truth, which refers to the Amita Shal Torah, the truth of Torah, that's not talking about the Sefer Torah. It's not comparing a Megillah to the laws of a Sefer Torah. It's comparing a Megillah to the Torah itself, to the words of Torah, which are the truth of Torah. So any halacha which derives from the actual words of Torah, which refers to the requirement of sirtut, applies also to the Megillah. So we wouldn't be able to learn out sirtut in a Megillah from the word sefer, even though a sefer Torah does require sirtut, but sirtut is not a requirement in the category of hilchos sefer Torah. It's a requirement because these are words of Torah. So the fact that a Megillah is like a sefer Torah would still not teach us that it requires sirtut. We have to say that the words in the Megillah also have the status of Torah, even though this is a much later book after the Torah, but the Megillah is saying that the words of the Megillah have the status of words of Torah. So they need to have sirtut just like words of Torah. So that's what we learn out from Divrei Shalom Ve'emes, that the Megillah is like Amita Shal Torah, that the words in the Megillah have the status of Torah words, and therefore they require sirtut. But that explains why we require both of these psukim, because we could not have learned out the laws of a Sefer Torah from Divrei Shalom Ve'emes, and we could not have learned out sirtut from the fact that a Megillah is a Sefer, so we need both of them. That a Megillah is compared to a Sefer Torah, and the actual words of the Megillah themselves have the status of words of Torah, which means that they require sirtut. And Rav Velvel adds that this is almost explicit in the Yerushalmi and Megillah, Aleph, Aleph, Amrab Chelbo Rabbi Yossa B'Shem Rabbi Lezer Nemar Kandi Shalom Emes V'Nemar Lahalan Emes Konav Al Timkar The Megillah is called Truth and the Torah is called Truth. So this is very similar to the way the Babli puts it, but it's Xerah Shava of the word Emes Emes. So the Yerushalmi explains how Rehi Kamita Shal Torah The Megillah is like the Truth of Torah Mazu Tzricha Sirtut Avzu Tzricha Sirtut 
Just like a Torah requires sirtut, so to a Megillah requires sirtut. Just as we derive and learn out all sorts of things from the words of Torah, so too we can learn out all sorts of Midrashim from the words of the Megillah. So the Yerushalmi is clearly not talking about the structure of a Megillah, how to write a Megillah scroll. It's talking about the actual words in the Megillah, that they have the same status as the words of Torah, that we can darshan them, that we can learn out all sorts of hidden meanings from the words. So it's not talking about how to write a scroll. It's talking about how to approach and learn the words in the Megillah, that they are like the Torah. And that's how the Yerushalmi understands the comparison between the Megillah to Torah of Amita Shel Torah. And included in that, says the Yerushalmi, is that the Megillah requires sirtut like a Sefer Torah. So this is exactly Reb Velvel's conceptual approach that the Yerushalmi is not saying that a Megillah requires sirtut because it's like a Sefer Torah. It's saying that it requires sirtut because that is the requirement for words of Torah and the Megillah words have the status of words of Torah. So that's exactly how the Rambam formulated this halacha, that the regular laws of a Megillah, that it requires ink and parchment and it has to be sewn with animal strings, that's derived from Sefer Torah. The emphasis is on Sefer Torah. But the requirement of Sirtut, says the Rambam, is like the Torah itself. Not the Sefer Torah, but the Torah itself, meaning the words of Torah. So the language of the Rambam is incredibly precise and explains how to make sense of these sources. So this answers Tosis's question on Rashi, why do we need two different sources that a Megillah is a Sefer and it's like a Mita Shel Torah because each of them teaches us something distinct. A Megillah is like a Sefer, meaning it's like a Sefer Torah with the rules of a Sefer Torah and it's like a Mita Shel Torah, meaning the words of the Megillah have the status of words of Torah. So those are two different distinct halachas that we learn out. And Reb Velvel adds that this approach answers another question of Tosfos on Rashi. Tosfos in Gi'in Vav asks on Rashi that Amita Shel Torah refers to a Sefer Torah. So the Gemara in the second chapter of Megillah derives that a Megillah cannot be written on diphtera, which is improperly prepared parchment and without ink. So let's say someone wrote a Megillah without the proper ink and not on proper parchment. So that Megillah is disqualified, but the Gemara derives that disqualification from Ksiva Ksiva because it says Vani Kosev Ala Sefer Bidio. The word Ksiva is used to refer to writing on parchment with ink. So when the Megillah says to write the Megillah with the word Ksiva, it must refer to parchment and ink. So Tosos asks, according to Rashi, that the Megillah is compared to a Torah because of Amita Shel Torah through Divrei Shalom Ve'emes. So again, why do we need another source that a Megillah requires ink and parchment? Obviously it requires ink and parchment like a Sefer Torah. A Megillah has to be modeled after a Sefer Torah. Torah, so of course it needs ink and parchment. Why do we need the Ksiva Ksiva Gzereshava? Says Rav Velvel that based on his conceptual approach, so again this will be answered. Because Amita Shel Torah compares the Megillah to the words of Torah. It does not compare it to a Sefer Torah. Whereas the requirement of parchment and ink are requirements in creating a Sefer Torah. So we would not derive those halachas to a Megillah through Amita Shel Torah. So 
that's why we need another source of ksiva ksiva. So again, his approach answers this question on Rashi that we do need two sources. One, that a Megillah is like a Sefer Torah. And second, that the words of the Megillah are like the Torah. Now, Reb Velvel does not explain why we need two different sources of ksiva and ksiva, as well as Sefer, which both seem to be teaching the same thing, that a Megillah has the laws of a Sefer Torah. So that issue he does not deal with, but he does answer how Divrei Shalom Ve'emes is deriving something different from those two sources. So this is Rab Velvel's approach to explain Rashi and the Rambam, that there are two components to writing a Megillah. One is modeling it after the laws of a Sefer Torah, and the second is that the words of the Megillah themselves have the status of Torah. Now, interestingly, there is actually some debate over this issue, whether the words of the Megillah are in fact the same status as the words of Torah, because this is not so clear. It seems obvious, and Rab Velvel certainly holds that way, that the words of the Megillah have the full status of Divrei Torah, just like the words in the Chumash, but there is some discussion in the Achronim about this issue. In the Chuvis Beis Ephraim or Achaim Simen Sameches, he was asked that the Gemara and Megillah says, Mivatlin Talmud Torah Lemikra Megillah, that we do Bittul Torah in order to go read the Megillah. So we stop studying Torah to do the mitzvah of Megillah. So the question is, what's the Bittul Torah? Reading the Megillah is also a form of studying Torah. So let's say someone was sitting and studying Gemara, and now they leave that to go read the Megillah. So where's the Bittul Torah? They're still studying Torah. So this is a classic question with many different approaches to answer this question. But the Beis Ephraim writes something very surprising. He says that the Megillah is not Torah. Reading the Megillah does not have the status of studying Torah because the nature of the Megillah is that it was written down in order to be read on Purim. So there is a mitzvah of reading it, but it's not the same status as the study of Torah. So the Beis Ephraim very shockingly disagrees with Rab Velvel's whole idea that the words of the Megillah have the status of Torah. Now, Davne Nezer and Achuva and Arachayim Simen Tafkuf Yud Zayin Os Yud. So he writes that this is so shocking what the Beis Ephraim wrote that he has difficulty believing the Beis Ephraim actually wrote that and he thinks someone else added it in. So Davne Nezer so strongly disagrees with the notion that reading the Megillah is not studying Torah that he doesn't believe that the Beis Ephraim could have said it. And the proof he brings is because why does the Gemara interpret and darshan all sorts of meaning from the words of the Megillah if this is not actual words of Torah? Why is the Gemara and the Midrashim wasting their time? So that's the same proof that Rabbi Velvel quoted from the Yerushalmi, that the reason we study the Megillah so carefully and deduce meaning from between the lines and from every detail of the wording is because it does have the status of full Divrei Torah. And that's the general assumption of the commentators. There's many answers to the base of Ephraim's question which are not along that approach. So the general consensus is like Rabbi Velvel said, that the words of the Megillah are the full words of Torah. And Rabbi Velvel is showing in this piece that the source for this idea is the Gemara that calls the Megillah Ke'amita Shel Torah, that it's like the words of Torah, and the Rambam codifies that, that the Megillah is compared to Torah Atzma. So that's the source for this idea that the words of the Megillah have the status of Torah. Now, there is a question that a number of people ask on Reb Velvel's analysis, and this question is in Chidushe Reb Nachum Partzavitz on Gi'in at the end of Vav Amad Beis, Os Kufno 
Nun Vav, as well as in Reb Schneer Cutler's Siach Erev on Seder Moed, in the discussion on Megillah Simen Yud Zayin Os Hey, and a few other people asked this question, that there seems to be a Rashi explaining the Gemara in Sota Yud Zayin that contradicts the whole analysis. Because the Gemara says that the Sota scroll requires Sirtut because it's called a Sefer, not any Geras. So Rashi says that the difference between a letter and a book in Halacha is that a Sefer has Sirtut. So this seems to contradict Reb Velvel's idea that Sirtut is a requirement for the words of Torah, not for the Sefer Torah. And here Rashi is saying that the requirement of Sirtut is connected to being a Sefer. A Sefer requires Sirtut. So that goes against Reb Velvel's idea. So that's a strong question on this whole analysis. Now, there is another contradiction between this piece and another explanation of Reb Velvel. So there's an internal contradiction between two explanations of Reb Velvel. This is quoted by his student in the Amek Bracha on page 25, the first piece about Tefillin. So he quotes an answer of his Rebbe Reb Velvel to a question of Tosos in Gitin Daf Vav. Tosos asks, why do Tefillin not require Sirtut when any Torah writing requires Sirtut? So the halacha is that two words of the Torah do not require Sirtut, the etching, but once there's three words, then it requires Sirtut. Even if someone's writing it in a letter or any form of writing Torah requires Sirtut. So why should Tefillin be any different that they don't require Sirtut? Obviously, the words in Tefillin are also words of Torah. So Tosos answers from Rabbeinu Tam that when it says Tefillin don't require Sirtut, it means on each line, a Sefer Torah and a Mezuzah require Sirtut on each line, whereas Tefillin only requires Sirtut on the first line to start it off straight, and that fulfills the general halacha that all words of Torah require Sirtut, but the Tefillin do not require Sirtut on each line. So that's Tosos's answer to this question, that Tefillin do in fact require some Sirtut, just not on every line. But the Rambam seems to indicate that Tefillin don't require Sirtut at all. So how does he answer this question, why should Tefillin be any different than any words of Torah which do require Sirtut. So Rab Velvel explained that the whole halacha that words of Torah require Sirtut is when they're being written on a piece of paper or in some form that reflects the fact that they're words of Torah. So someone is taking words of a Torah and they're writing them in a context that reflects the fact that their origins are in the Torah. So the halacha is that they require Sirtut. But Tefillin is not a form of writing Torah. One writes the tefillin as a separate mitzvah, so the writing in the tefillin is not a reflection of the fact that they're words of Torah, but that they're words of tefillin. Obviously, the origin of these words is in the Torah, but we're writing them in the tefillin as a separate mitzvah, a fulfillment of tefillin, not because they're words of Torah. So that's why they don't require sirtut, even though writing words of Torah in a letter or on a piece of paper would require sirtut, because those words come from the Torah. Whereas the writing in the tefillin is a new type of writing. It's not a form of writing Torah. It's a form of writing tefillin. And there the halacha is clear that it does not require sirtut. So that's how Reb Velvel answered Tosis's question. So that's an interesting answer, but it contradicts two of the pieces in Chidushim Aron Riz Halevi. First of all, it contradicts this piece where Reb Velvel's whole conceptual idea is that words of Torah require sirtut, nothing to do with where they're written but the fact that it's words of Torah requires Sirtut. 
And in fact, he deals with this issue of why do tefillin not require sirtut? And he quotes the Rambam because they're covered over. So in this piece, Rav Velvel seems to indicate that on a theoretical level, tefillin should be obligated to have sirtut because they are words of Torah. So that seems to be contradiction number one. In addition, he also contradicts his piece from earlier in Hilchus Tefillin, where he said that writing a mezuzah is a new form of a mitzvah, but writing the tefillin is just a reflection of the words of Torah that are written in there. So in Chidushim Moran Riz Halevi, Reb Velvel seems to say that the writing of tefillin is writing of the Torah that's assembled in the tefillin, as opposed to mezuzah, which is a new mitzvah to write these words in the form of a mezuzah. Whereas in the Amek Bracha, he's saying that writing the words down in a tefillin is a new form of a mitzvah, not just writing words of Torah. But we already saw in that recording that the Amek Bracha has another version of Rab Velvel. He anyways quotes from Rab Velvel that a mezuzah is a form of writing Torah, and tefillin is a new writing. So the two pieces in the Amek Bracha about the tefillin and about the mezuzah are consistent. According to his version of Rab Velvel, the mezuzah is a reflection of Divrei Torah and the tefillin is a new mitzvah to write tefillin. Whereas in Chidush Aron Riz HaLevi, in Hilchos Tefillin and Hilchos Megillah, Rab Velvel says the other way, that the tefillin is a reflection of writing words of Torah and the mezuzah is a new mitzvah to write. So it's obviously possible that the Amek Bracha heard an earlier version of Reb Velvel, and then when he delved further into the matter, he changed his mind and said it the other way.